0: thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, before the service, I was back here in the corner and uh, Mark Lewis said, uh, Kevin, why don't you give us one today? I, I thought he was talking about the sermon. Just give us a sermon today. Give us a good sermon today. And I said, well, pray for me. I need, I want to. He was talking about the Royals game, the Cardinals <laughs> telling me the cardinals need to give the royals a game pray for me to preach a good sermon that's that's the main thing i need it <laughs> i have sensed over these last several weeks your interest in the subject of spiritual gifts uh, just from talking with you and questions that you're asking and interest that you are showing i hope that each and every one of you are diligently seeking to know what your spiritual gift is And I I have talked to some of you who do know, you know what your spiritual gift is, and you are using it to the Lord's glory and to the building up of his kingdom. And praise God for that. When the whole church gets to that point where so many, where all of us are discovering that gift and using it to his glory and to the building up of the church, then then the church will be exactly what God intended for it to be. I stopped to talk to Sharon Campbell this last week. I saw her out in her yard pulling weeds and in her flower bed, and I was driving by, so I stopped, and and we were talking, and just in that course of conversation, I asked her, do you know what your spiritual gift is? And she said that hers was the gift of mercy. And if you keep your eye on Sharon you'll see her putting some hands and feet to her gift as she shows tender, loving care to a dear sister who is in need. That, indeed, is the gift of mercy, and she is using it for His glory and to the building up of the Lord's church. Several times over the last few weeks, I have gone to see Tom Davis, who has cancer, gone to his home, and as I've rang the doorbell... Karen Paddock has answered the door. And she has been going to Tom's house on a periodic basis, staying with him, which allows his wife, Cindy, to continue to work her job. Karen is using her gift of mercy to the glory of God and to the building up of the Lord's church. I was thinking just about different people this week and how I see them using their spiritual gift. I was thinking about Terry Weddle. Terry, I'm sure, has the gift of service. A number of years ago, I asked Terry if he would be responsible for taking pictures of all of our new members, those people who are baptized or those who come and place their membership here in the church, if he would just be ready and willing to take their picture. And uh, he has been faithfully doing that over the years. He gets here at the end of the first service, and in case he sees somebody coming up, uh, he's ready to take their picture. He comes to the second service and, and does the same thing. Uh, what, a, what a service that is. And that's just one way that Terry shows his gift of service. And he does it very quietly. He does it without a lot of fanfare or recognition. He's just faithful in his service to the Lord. His gift of service is being used to the glory of God. And to the building up of the church. I was thinking this last week about Terry Campbell. Uh, She has, I think, a combination of spiritual gifts. One, she has a gift of service. And she is faithfully, weekly, using that gift as she takes care of our church sign, changing the messages. On that sign. And she exercises that gift without a lot of applause from people. She doesn't get too much thanks. It's just a quiet service to the glory of God and to the building up of the Lord's church. And I'm sure that's just one way that she uses her gift of service. There are lots of ways. For all of us, uh, we may be able to point to one thing that we're doing if we have, say, the gift of service, but really, that gift will show up in a variety of ways throughout the week. As we serve people. As we give of ourselves to people. But I don't think that's the only gift that Terry has. I think she also has the gift of encouragement. I don't know the number of times through the years that either Cindy or I have received a note from her in the mail or a card giving to us a message of encouragement. And so often that message has come at just the right time that we needed it. She has the gift of encouragement. You see, it's very common for a person to have more than one spiritual gift. And oftentimes, those gifts complement each other. I was talking with Kevin Addington this last week, and he was telling me that after we had given out the, the spiritual gifts test, he took it home, and he filled that out. He, he worked that, and, and uh, he said that that test, the results of that test, showed that he had a combination of gifts, two gifts, particularly, that he scored high on. Those two gifts were administration and leadership. And obviously, those two gifts complement each other. The leadership gift is the one which would help Kevin be comfortable in leading a volunteer ministry here at the church. The administrative gift would help him organize that ministry and, and have a detailed plan, and it would help him recruit others to be a part of that ministry. You see, the gift of leadership and the gift of administration, they complement one another. I was thinking of another person who has, I'm sure, multiple gifts given to her by God, Jean Armstrong. She has a gift of teaching. And many of you ladies through the years have benefited from that time of sitting in a Bible study or or a class of hers and having her teach you the Word of God. But, you know, I think she also has the gift of wisdom. And you could see, see how those two gifts would complement one another. But I wonder how many times through the years somebody, a woman or, or even a, a man, would go to Jean and, and need advice or need counsel. and She gives to them wisdom that God has imparted to her. And I think she has the gift of intercessory prayer, too. You know, Jean, for so many years, has been a part of that prayer ministry, the prayer email that goes out. And, and I know not only did she send those emails out, she spent time praying for those people who were asking for prayer. And she's one that, when I need prayer for me, I feel very comfortable going to her because I know she's going to pray for me. You see, God knows exactly What he was doing when he designed these spiritual gifts. And he knows who needs which gift. He knows which gift is best for me. He knows which gift is best suited for you. And he sees to it that no one is left out. No one is overlooked when the gifts are handed out. Every person who is a follower of Jesus is given a gift. Sometimes more than one gift. And he wants those gifts to be used for his glory and to the building up of the kingdom of God. That's the twofold purpose of spiritual gifts. And what a beautiful thing it is when everything is working according to God's plan and everyone is working his plan. But you know, Satan likes to thwart the plan of God, he likes to twist and, and disrupt that which God has put into order. And he has done that ever since the beginning of time as far back as the garden of eden satan has disrupted the perfect plan that god had going on he has twisted and he has perverted everything since that he can get his hands on for instance god designed you and me to enjoy food we we like to eat don't we every one of us like to eat it's fun it tastes good It's a blessing that God has given to us to enjoy food. And yet Satan knows that. And so he has got his dirty little hands into the deal, and what's he do? He tempts us to overeat. He takes a good thing, and he tries to twist it into a bad thing. That's what he's good at. He does the same thing with sex. Sex is a good thing that God has given to us. But Satan has been very crafty in figuring a way to twist and pervert God's good plan as he leads people astray to participate in sex outside of the boundaries which God put in place. He does the same thing with work. God designed you and me to work. He put Adam in the garden to cultivate the garden and, and to work the garden, says Genesis chapter 2. Work is a good thing, and work is a part of God's plan for every one of us. And yet, again, Satan has disrupted God's plan, and he has left his fingerprint of destruction all around it. He has tempted man to sometimes overwork and to forsake his family. And in other cases, he has tempted man to underwork and not provide for his family. And both of those ways are destructive. They are a perversion of God's original plan. And Satan's behind it. And I could go on and on looking at other good things that Satan has got his fingers on and he's twisted and perverted that which was good which God has given to us. You know what? He has done the same thing with spiritual gifts. That which is very good and very godly. If we let him, he will get his fingers into The mix, and he will put his spin on them, and he will wreak havoc in the Lord's church. And that is exactly what was going on at the church in Corinth. Paul spends three chapters out of 1 Corinthians, a total of 16 chapters. Three of them he spends trying to correct some of the problems in that church which was centered around spiritual gifts. The chapters which I am specifically talking about are chapters 12, 13, and 14 of First Corinthians. One thing that had happened was this prideful spirit had come about. There were some in the church who were thinking that their gift was better than their neighbor's gift. Therefore, they were more needed in the church than what their neighbor was. And they were more important in the church than what their neighbor was. Why? Because they had a better gift than their neighbor had. Not true. Not true at all. But Satan has a way of deceiving us and blinding us to the truth. Can't you just hear the Corinthians fussing with each other and debating with one another about their gift being better than the others? My gift of prophecy is more important than your gift of service. My gift of tongues and my gift of miracles is more important than your gift of knowledge. And on and on it went. The arguing and the debating and the... It all sounded so childish, and that is exactly what Satan will do when we give him a foothold. He can lead us to be very childish, very immature, and very unlike Jesus. And so Paul takes some time in this, in this book to try and straighten these folks out in their thinking, and in their living. He teaches them that every gift is needed, every person is important, and we are all in this together to the glory of God. And he uses the body, the, phys- the, the human body in chapter 12 to help them understand the truth of God concerning spiritual gifts. And Dusty alluded to this a little bit ago. Just as the human body has lots of different members, so that is true too with the spiritual body. Take for instance, the human body. There is the eye. And there is the ear. And there is the nose and the mouth and and the elbow and the knee. And and the list goes on. Not to mention even all of those parts that are inside the body that we can't see. And every member of the body has a different function than what the other members have. The elbow has a different function than what the ear has. The eye has a different function than what the knee has. Are all of these members of the body needed? Yes. They are desperately needed. If we didn't have even one part of of, of these body parts, well, then we would know just instantly how important that member was. If we didn't have an eye, then we would know just that fast how important the function of the eye is. If we didn't have a knee, we'd quickly realize how important the knee is. Every member of the human body has a function that is important. And so that is true too with the spiritual body, the church. Every member is important. You who have the gift of service, your gift is important and you are important. The body would be incomplete without you. And you who have the gift of teaching, you are needed desperately. You are important. Without you, the church would have a big gaping hole. And you who have the gift of giving, You are needed, and you are important. Without you, we would be hurting. And I could go right on down the list of every spiritual gift and say the same thing. You are important. You are needed in the Lord's body. Without you, the body would be incomplete. And we are all in this together. Serving under the leadership of Of the head. Just as the body serves the head, so the church body serves the head, who is Jesus. The ear is not all about itself, the eye is not all about itself. No, they are individual members of the body, each with a function, serving under the direction of the head. Can you imagine if the body were an eye? Paul says in First Corinthians twelve. Can you can you picture that? Just a a big six foot round human eyeball. What, if that's if that's what what that member was, just just an eyeball. Come Sunday morning, down the middle aisle would roll a big eyeball, <laughs> or would it slide down the aisle? Or hop down. I don't know. It it would it would be gross. Where would it sit? Who would want to sit next to it? Or what if what if the body were just an ear, just a huge ear? Or what if it were a tongue? <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> so too, the church is not made up of just one part but many. Not everybody's a preacher. Not everybody's a teacher. Not everybody has the gift of service. If they did, who would lead? Not everybody has the gift of administration. If they did, we might be well organized, but who would do the grunt work? Who would, who would serve? Every member of the body is needed and every member has a function and we are all in this together under the direction of the head, which is Jesus. And if you read on in Paul's teaching in these three chapters, there is one necessary component that must be alongside of every gift. Do you know what that is? This is is one of the most important things I'll say the whole morning. Alongside of every spiritual gift, there must be a component. And that is, you see it on the screen, love. And we often use 1 Corinthians 13 to describe marital love. And it's common to hear that passage read at somebody's wedding. And that's okay. I do the same thing. Uh, Oftentimes when I'm up here officiating somebody's wedding, I'll read from 1 Corinthians 13. And it fits beautifully. It describes the love that the husband and the wife should have for each other. But we need to understand that's really not the context Of 1 Corinthians 13. The context of 1 Corinthians 13. The chapter of love. Was what we call it. The context is spiritual gifts. Let me read to you the first three verses. He says. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. But do not have love. I have become a noisy gong. Or a clanging cymbal. You note here. Here, verse 1, he mentions a spiritual gift, the spiritual gift of tongues. He says, if I have that, but I don't have love alongside of it, I'm like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing, he says. You can have the best preacher in the world, but if he doesn't have love along with it, nothing. You have a person who has the gift of knowledge, a person who has the gift of faith, he says here in verse 2, but if he doesn't have love, he's nothing. Verse 3, And if I give all of my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Those are pretty powerful words. For me, what good is my preaching if I don't have love to go along with it? I can tell you what the truth is, but if it's not packaged in love, then you're probably not going to be too interested in receiving the truth from me. So if there's something that you can pray for me about, it's that. Lord God, help our preacher. Not just to speak the truth, but help him to love. I covet that prayer from you for me. I need that. I need the Holy Spirit to grow me in his love and for that love to overflow from him to me to you. And Paul said you can even have the gift of giving. Giving. You can can deliver all of your goods to feed the poor, but if it's not accompanied by love, then it profits you nothing. To give without love is worth about that much. A big, fat zero. Every gift needs to have love as a part of the package. When you give your service to God, through your gift of service, make sure it's packaged in love. When you have your gift of leadership and you're exercising that gift, you're using that gift, make sure you're leading in love. Even the gift of evangelism. Without love, that gift is going to do more harm than good. Without love, the gifts can hurt the church rather than help the church. Let me read to you those other verses there that we are so familiar with. Verses 4 through 8. Love is patient. And keep in mind, as I read this, this is all in the context of spiritual gifts. It's really not about marital love. It's about spiritual gifts. Paul is saying, as you are exercising your gifts, as you are using your gifts, love must be present. And remember, love is patient. And love is kind. And it is not jealous. In other words, I'm not jealous of your gift and you're not jealous of my gift. We're all in this together. We are on the same team. We're not to be bickering and fighting with one another. He goes on to say here love does not act unbecomingly, does not seek its own, does not provoke, does not take into account a wrong suffered. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Wouldn't everything work better if it were packaged in love? Remember the goal of all of this discussion about spiritual gifts. This actually, this is the last sermon in this particular series. I want to remind you of the goal of this whole discussion of spiritual gifts. It's clearly stated in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It lists several different gifts that are within the, the foundation gifts of the church. Apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. Verse 12 and 13 says, "...for the equipping of the saints..." For the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So the overall goal of the spiritual gifts is twofold. Unity and maturity. He wants us to be one. In the faith. Now that's not meaning that we're always going to see eye to eye. That we're always going to agree on every single issue. We won't. But we do need to agree on the main issues. We need to agree that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that He is the only way to be saved. And that He died on the cross and raised from the dead. Those are the things, the main things, that we need to agree on. There's other things that we may not see eye to eye on, but we better agree on those things. And so the, the goal is unity. Oneness in the faith. And He wants us to be Mature. In Jesus, He wants us to grow up. He wants us not to be babies forever. He wants us to grow up in Jesus to become more complete in Him. And I think we can reach those goals if we are moving together in the same direction, if we're loving each other, and if we are sharpening one another through our spiritual gifts. We can become one in the faith and we can become mature in jesus let's pray together would you would you pray about these things let me just ask you a couple of three questions is there anyone specific that you need to love more Pray that God would help you to love that person. Are you growing in Jesus? Are you accomplishing, are you reaching one of those goals of maturity in Christ? Are you growing? Pray about that. Lord, help me to grow. Help me to put away childish behavior and to become complete. In Jesus, to look like Jesus. And are you pursuing what your spiritual gift is and how you might use that gift to his glory and honor? Pray about that. Pray, God, help me to know what my gift is and help me to function as a member of the body of Christ. God, as all of these prayers are being lifted up to you, help, help us. We spent a lot, of, a lot of time here over these last weeks talking about spiritual gifts. Help us to just benefit from these weeks past. Help us to know what gift you have given to us and to use that gift to your glory and to the building up of the body of believers. We pray this in Jesus' name.